Healthwise on the Light Breakfast, where your health matters. On Healthwise this morning, as usual, Dr. Rajbans, President of the Malaysian Wellness Society. Good morning, Dr. Rajbans. Good morning. You know, in conjunction with the Sea Games, uh, we would like to know what kind of diets would be ideal during this very competitive couple of weeks. Yeah, I think it all depends on the sports you are dealing with. You know, for example, if you are uh, you know taking part in a long distance running or marathon, you need to what they call load carbs. You know, so that you know you don't. You burn all that energy. So mm-hmm. a lot of people who actually take part in uh, long distance running marathons, or even if they are doing for let's say swimming, that a long distance, you need to have some carbohydrate loading. But generally, basically, you need to have a lot of healthy diet during this period. Now, you can't be loading yourself with unnecessary junk food and all that because that can actually make you more tired. You know, sometimes right. the body trying to digest all this extra food that is full of toxins or you know full of processed food. So I would stick to a very well balanced uh, healthy diet during this period. Make sure you get enough of the vitamin, minerals, amino acids, the good fatty acids, mm-hmm. and I suppose a bit of complex carbs for the energy. If you are playing sports like uh, you know that are using more of your brain, yeah, yeah. because I believe esports and chess are considered yeah. sports these days yeah. in the Sea Games. So I suppose you will take what I call brain booster foods. You know, foods that improve your sort of memory. So you know, foods that contain a lot of omega threes and you know things like that. Uh, so maybe things like your some bit of nuts and a bit of you know fish. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know avocados and things like that. Also, you still need good, uh, healthy sort of uh, vitamin minerals. So, a lot of vegetables, fruits, all this will actually help to improve your, you know, that uh, brain function. So, things like that. I think depending on the spots, but overall, it should be a very healthy diet. You know, don't make the mistake of taking too much of junk food, which mm-hmm. actually slows down the body. Yeah, and also because uh, you know our athletes are going to another country, maybe they're not used to the the type of foods uh, right. that yeah. are on offer. Perhaps just you know be careful not that you get yes. you know <laughs> <a> stomach <laughs> upset yeah and then you can't even take part yeah that's right falling is actually one of the greatest fears for the elderly as their sense of balance and mobility are not what they once were and in addition to that a fall for an older person has far more serious consequences than for a younger person because it just takes that one fall one break that can just lead you down um, uh, a spiral with your health right yeah i think if you when fall is actually very very dangerous if you are someone especially older you know young people fall but normally they they do get away because you know they recover faster but for elderly it can be a very serious thing now when someone comes to the fall the two questions you ask is whether why did you fall you know was it because you lost consciousness you had a blackout you had a syncope and you fell down and you were you know unconscious for a while or were you did you trip you know did you right. just tripped over something and you fell or you sl- slipped and you fell in the toilet if you were dizzy or you had a blackout that could be other things right that's right and that's actually very serious because if you don't find out the underlying cause which is normally cardiovascular or, or something neurological uh, 40-50% of them are date within a year from the underlying problem oh. so you have to diagnose that now the second one is the more common one which is uh, you know you sleep in the toilet and you're unsteady and you didn't mm-hmm. see clutter on the floor so all the different causes of things that can make you fall and most of the time is because of your you know unsteady gait weakness of muscles and eyesight mm-hmm. you know balance problems yeah tiger. so all this have to be looked at and uh, what actually we have like in our hospitals now we even you know, have what we call a fall prevention program so when an older person comes to me one of the things I look at is their uh, history of falls or and whether look at their gait and their 
look at their balance and if I find that they are not so steady, I just send them for assessment by the physiotherapist and occupational therapist for a fall assessment. And if they fall into high risk, we have a special program that you know they do for 12 sessions using special machines to improve their strength, their balance and hopefully their mobility. So I think prevention is the most important thing. Now if you already have a fall, again you have to look at the cause, the diagnosis and put them on a again a preventive program. Even if you fall and you are a bit you know for whatever fracture, fix the fracture, get you up and within a month to six weeks we get most of our patients through rehabilitation right. back on their feet and hopefully they don't get another fall. Okay. Now once a fall has happened, yeah, and the patient is bedridden and you see that um, their health is declining, uh, is there any way to improve then increase recovery rates if you're already at this stage? Yeah, again, nutrition is one key thing. We have to make sure that they are nutrition, the right nutrition, Get make sure they got some proteins to help build back the muscle. And again, it's a lot of rehab. Once you're bedridden, all the complications come in, you know, from bed sores to urine infections to pneumonia. And actually, a lot of people, you know, it's not an ideal way to live and, you know, you're bedridden. So we must try to really prevent that. That oh, is right. what the goal. And the Center for Disease Control and Prevention in the U.S. says that flu season is starting to ramp up and it is not too late to get a flu shot but scientists have come to realize that flu vaccines are less effective for people who are overweight or obese uh, this is interesting i mean i guess it does factor into the strength and efficacy of a flu shot vaccine right that's right. So I think it's important, you know, that flu shots are taken. I, I, we advocate actually everyone above, especially 70 or 75, to actually take a flu shot because I think it's really one of the big things that are happening right now. In fact, there's a epidemic of flu going around. In Malaysia? Yeah, that's right. A lot of influenza A and B. So if you're young, you probably get away with it. But older people can get, you know, more serious things mm-hmm. like pneumonias. can be fatal for them. So I think a flu shot is definitely important to okay. something to consider. How does weight factor into yeah. the strength of... And the efficacy of a flu shot. Yeah, I mean, the study shows that, uh, you know, if you're overweight, then uh, it's actually not the flu shot. What they found was basically that your T lymphocytes are actually weaker, right? So basically, it comes down to being obese, basically, your immune system is weaker. Mm-hmm. So I think it's again the lifestyle thing uh, that you look at because someone who is overweight probably doesn't exercise well, eating the wrong thing. So right. the whole immune system is weaker and the T lymphocytes don't work as well. So the efficacy of the flu shot is not as good because the, they do still end up having the flu. Uh, virus attacking them and okay. getting the infection. So it's again a overall healthy lifestyle because the flu vaccines are fixed. You know you can't. Uh, they're uh, not based on weight. They can't. They can't do that. You know it's very difficult to do that because you know these are sent all over the world. So how are you going to do? You know some countries OP, some got mm-hmm. weaker. So they you know give you a standard vaccine. So I think and this study shows that obese people. So whether the other concept is whether do, do they take another shot in after six months, mm-hmm. or the better thing will be try to lose weight and become more healthier. <laughs> right. So I'm just curious because I don't know anyone here in Malaysia who gets regular flu shots. Is it a popular thing to get here in Malaysia? Flu shots? We've been trying a lot. We've been educating. If you look at the, you know, the companies that make vaccines actually had a lot of uh, seminars and they come regularly in the in the news and all that. But I suppose we educate people who got respiratory diseases, who are diabetics, elderly, you know, uh, heart disease. They should actually get uh, protected. And looking at this article about maintaining muscle tissue volume. It can help to ward off heart attacks and stroke, at least in men. Uh, this is a very interesting study. I mean, how do we help mitigate the yearly muscle loss? 
Yeah, I suppose it's again back to the same old basics, nutrition and exercise, you know. Because muscle mass, they are does decrease with the age. And uh, once you lose muscle, basically what comes and takes this place is fat. Oh dear. You know, so, yeah. so, and if you get fat, then your chances of getting heart disease increases, you know, because it's one of the risk factors. And of course, when you're probably putting on weight, you also don't do all the other things that you're supposed to do to stay healthy. So, someone who exercises, you know, builds up his muscle. And that's the basic thing, you know, core thing, having the right nutrition, exercising. And I think that's something that a lot of people forget as they get older that they're going to lose muscle mass and maintaining muscle mass is a key very important you don't want to be a, someone like a bodybuilder you know looking right. at big you know that unless you're really one of those uh, people who are fanatic about it but <laughs> most of us should just at least do enough strengthening exercises to maintain the tone of the muscle and also helps our balance prevents falls make our immune system better overall your heart health is better risk of strokes decreases and you know when you lose weight and pick more muscle your risk of cancer decreases so all these are things that you have to really look at and uh, you know maintain that you know I think I always tell people age is not a disease mm-hmm. it's that we stop looking after ourselves after a certain age because we think we are old so we have to just maintain a lot of those things and it looks like scientists have found a link between the use of oral antibiotics and the risk of Parkinson's disease they suggest that the connection could be due to the drug's impact on gut gut microbes. You've been hearing a lot of things about gut microbes lately, haven't we? Yeah, I think uh, you know, it's interesting that we got uh, you know, what 1 trillion cells in the body and you got triple the amount of bacteria. So they say if your gut bacteria is removed completely, you lose 3 kilograms, you know. So that's not a good way to lose <laughs> <Wow>. weight, but <laughs> but that's how much of symbiosis between our bacteria in our body and you know humans have been going on for you know millions of years or thousands whatever and you know it, that means there's some symbiosis that means they are important for us others they won't be there right. you know so now we're doing so much of research to look at uh, you know how this gut bacteria they talk of even you know the gut the brain the endocrine function immune system they all link together definitely we know that the gut bacteria help in your immunity okay you know, so uh, when it comes to medication how is that yeah, affected so by? the moment it's not really just the medication it's our you know the food we eat that is you got a lot of toxins preserved foods antibiotics you know and even they say things like uh, you know stress and everything relates the good bacteria get mm-hmm. damaged you got overgrowth of bad bacteria you get thing like leaky gut syndrome you know the relating things like your autism uh, age you know hyperactive children your parkinsons maybe even they talking on alzheimers mm-hmm. heart disease all related to the leaky gut syndrome and causing damage and cancer is one of the things that they even talk about so the keeping a, a good bacteria strong is actually very important so the right diet the right sort of prebiotics to help the good bacteria grow the right. probiotics if you are have to take antibiotics i always suggest that after you complete take a short course of 2 3 weeks of probiotics okay. you know that will help so things like that all right so for those of us who are a little ignorant on this subject what's i mean how do you take pre and probiotics i mean what's the difference and how, how do we please basically the yeah. fiber that you take okay so the you know the good uh, the vegetables and all that that you take these are basically food for the good bacteria mm-hmm. so probiotics are basically the bacteria you can take natural things like uh, you know yogurt for example uh, or if you think you need something higher then there you can keep buy off the shelf uh, good probiotics that they sell uh, but again it backs to your lifestyle a good diet of fiber that will help to you know give prebiotics to the good bacteria help mm-hmm. your bowel move and avoiding things that are you know full of process and toxins that damage them and antibiotics make sure you don't unnecessarily take you know some people take antibiotics for virus which shouldn't be taken right okay well dr rajman thank you so much for your thoughts uh, this week thank you